It is Wednesday night, so you know what that means. It means AEW Dynamite plus the Wrestling Podcast to follow. I'm Justin LaVar alongside my partner in crime out on the West Coast from Forbes.com. He is the one, the only Alfred Cunningham. Alfred, good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Justin. It's a great day. The sun is still out here in sunny California, and I'm wearing my third favorite floral shirt. It's a, Everything is good here in Alfred Cunningham land. Just the third favorite. Third favorite. It's still in the top five, and it's still, you know, I got I got quite a few. And uh, so this is up there, but uh, number three. Power rankings for the floral shirts. <laughs> I think number one would be an orange floral shirt I have. There's number two is a yellow one. Then there's this one. And then I got a pink one that I like at number four. And then rounding out the top five is a black floral shirt. Got a lot of petals and flowers on it. Really uh, pops at night. Ooh, okay. Well, maybe even rivaling AEW's record keeping of rankings. I like this. <laughs> a little insight into the uh, closet of Alfred Kenowa. Yeah, a lot of floral shirt <laughs> politics going on in my closet here. Very good stuff. All the more reason why, if you are not watching the video version, you are missing out. Of course, we are live across YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook. We love it. Love all of you guys for tuning in live or if you're watching the archive after the fact. And then, of course, if you like to just live in audio land, nothing wrong with that, too. Sometimes it's easier to carry around. We appreciate it all the way around. Uh, of course, this is Wrestling Inc.'s Wednesday Night Podcast presented by our dear friends at Manscaped. Of course, we're in spring cleaning mode, so we'll talk a little bit about that in just due time. Uh, but first, Alfred, uh, let's talk a little bit of the news headlines. Uh, all of them on the news headlines, at least, that you can read about at WrestlingInc.com that we're going to touch on all in the WWE Universe before we jump over to AEW tonight. Let's start with a piece of contract news. This dealing with an NXT female talent, Wendy Chu. It has been reported by Fightful Select that she, in fact, signed uh, a contract extension with WWE NXT specifically in uh, somewhere in, in the second half of 2021. No word yet on how many years, but it is for multiple years, which is pretty standard anymore. Uh, Chu, she's kind of had a different character. She was part of the, the mysterious Tian Shi, uh, something I loved in the mm-hmm. previous black and gold NXT. And now she's been doing, uh, you know, we, we, she, she's been Karen Q. Uh, she's been sleepy Wendy, uh, but, uh, but apparently she's, been throwing all these different things offered i guess handled it well enough in the eyes of management they they appear to be high on her according to this report absolutely as they should be i think she's done a great job with this windy chew character it's a, a bit silly and over the top but i do like the character and i do like the fact that she's made it work in terms of her in-ring wrestling and i do think that it is a story that they've kept her because this is somebody that if she left nxt would be very high in demand on the indies and also in AEW. Got to remember, there's, I think this is undercover, but there's kind of like a woman click where it's Britt Baker, Deanna Perrazzo, Chelsea Green, Karen Q, or um, Wendy Chu. And uh, I think that she could have easily used those connections to get in AEW. And I think AEW would be more than happy to have her. So uh, I'm glad that she's still with NXT 2.0. I find her to be one of the highlights of a show that at times does struggle and uh, should be good. Hopefully she gets a world title uh, run. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll find it entertaining. Everything she's done, I have found um, entertaining. Again, I, I love the I love the the, the Tian Sha and the backstory and the and the, and the mystique her character had. Of course, her character was you know much. You know, we didn't see much out of her. It was just more. She was more there as a a shadow in darkness and 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 what have you to be mysterious. Uh, mysterious. But yeah, then she's kind of took this t- one eighty of a character that she's been given. Again, it's, it's kind of that classic WWE thing we've we've always heard them do, which is a kind of toss you something you don't even know really what to make out of and they say make it work um at least that's what this seems unless she's pitched this i don't know but this certainly seems like something they just kind of tossed to her and she has made work um in the words of good old jim ross she's maximized her minutes on television uh that they've given her so uh good news uh for her good news again for depth of the women uh in the WWE system uh, as you mentioned i think probably not too far off from seeing her on 
Mondays or Fridays. All right, let's move into uh, some top dog news in WWE. Both these next stories involving Roman Reigns. <clears throat> Young Rock, a very popular <laughs> series uh, that, that the Dwayne Johnson's got going on. If, if you have not watched Young Rock, uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't watch it live every week, unfortunately. It's one of those ones I get a few weeks behind, Alfred, and then I binge for uh, a little bit. Uh, but basically, they're just the premise for anybody who hasn't seen it. The story's being told and narrated by Dwayne Johnson, by The Rock, in the year 2032, I think, is where we're at now. Mm-hmm. I think the first season was 2024. Yeah. You know, it's in the future. It's, it's 2032 all, this year. Yeah, so it's all it's in the future. It's all about him running for office, and he's, he's telling the story of, of his life. And at the point we're at now, he is... Just about, it's like we're in like 1995, 1996. He's football's not working out. He's uh, got the, the wrestling bug is, is bitten. And that's what he's going to do for his career. And uh, there's a scene where they're watching the Royal Rumble 96 in this latest episode. Uh, and his young cousin, uh, Joe, who he then shows uh, some graphics are going to be Roman Reigns. Young Joe wants to wrestle with, uh, with, with, with Uncle Dewey, or with Cousin Dewey, rather. <laughs> and, and, and Cousin Dewey fires back. The world's not ready for that. That's a match only big enough for WrestleMania. Certainly, you cannot ignore this. This did uh, this did a huge bit of traffic and buzz across social media in the last 24 hours. I saw people buzzing last night after the episode dropped. Of, oh my God, they're teasing Rock and Roman for WrestleMania. Uh, what what did, did you see it, and what do you make of it? Yes, I did see it. I absolutely loved it, and I thought it was the least subtle Easter egg you've ever seen. This is like the egg that the gobbledygooker came out of, where they made sure it was his cousin Joe, and they could have left it at that and left the fans speculating that. But they're like, no, not only is his cousin Joe, he went on to be Roman Reigns, and oh, that's a match for WrestleMania. So they did everything to make you think that they're going to do this match right here in Inglewood, and I hope they do. Mm-hmm. And it is news because this is The Rock's show. This is something that I don't think he would be cool doing if he didn't think he was going to be in Inglewood. This is not to say that he's absolutely going to be wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but I think a lot of people like you and me who cover this closely were thinking that we're going to err on the side of The Rock not showing up. He's very busy. He's you know There's a lot of risk with him going in the ring, but seeing this makes me think that there's way more of a chance that he does. Well, and let's not forget the Vince McMahon factor. Uh, you know, he's referencing... Roman Reigns, who's Vince's top guy right now, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that the just the longstanding relationship in bi- both business and personal that The Rock and Vince has, that The Rock didn't at least phone Vince and say, hey, by the way, this is going to make it into the final cut if you're cool with this. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's it, 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 it's interesting because, yeah, you and I and a lot of people, we agree, you know, Mania in, in, in Hollywood essentially next year, there's no better place to do it. It's The Rock's town. Uh, again, you need every one of these manias every year. You got to find a way to top the year before. How do you top Austin having just had that match? And you know, and so Rock and Roman is that. That that's his, that that's your next big one. But then I hear like you know Raj always harps on this, and you kind of said, "Oh, Roman's so busy and this and that." I understand the risk factor because the last time the Rock really did come in to do a mania match in earnest, um, you know, Mania twenty nine, I believe. You know, he did get injured a little bit with Cena. It did affect some some. I think promo stuff he had for movies coming up so i understand that part of it but like whenever whenever raj goes oh he's so busy they, they probably can't guarantee that it's going to happen 12 months from now maybe they just do it at SummerSlam. i don't understand if you're the rock if you're that important which he is i'm not belittling him but you're that important how do you not just turn to everybody that's that's in your close circle or three circles away trying to do business with you and just say hey this date next year in april i am not doing anything else i have to be in hollywood at the at SoFi Stadium, like I I don't know like I, I don't I, I just don't I mean I know he has XFL and all these things but he's in control of his world he tells everybody when to open a door and he'll decide when he wants to walk through. 
I, I agree. I think he can do that, but maybe he's just that busy and he has so much going on that his schedule is two years in advance and he can't do it a year in advance. Or maybe even he's just waiting to see if there's other opportunities that open up in the next month or two. Because if he does do that and then a movie that he really wants to do comes along, uh, then he would kind of restrict himself from that. Yeah, I mean, and look, if this was, hey, if, uh, hey, pal, I'd really like to have you against this kid theory next year. <laughs> different but this is his family this is this is this is the guy who i mean you know rock was there as part of the the challenging of that torch with cena for several years there really good business they did rock certainly has to be proud and recognize that his own cousin from the Samoan family has become the next torch bearer for the company in this current generation and if this is the biggest thing that he could i mean i i, just, I can't see him saying or letting anybody else dictate. I understand a movie might come along, but again, I think he looks to the movie and says, look, I'll go shoot for X amount of weeks on Road to Mania, but I need these few weeks off. And he's the rock. He's the leading man in Hollywood. Yeah. Studios have to work around him if they really want him. And let's face it, he's not hurting for the money. So it's he has the ability to turn projects away. I don't know. Yeah, but, We're running out of time to book the rock before he runs for president. So really within the next year or two, <laughs> they should really get him in there. Well, and and, and, and you're, I mean, you're somewhat joking there, but they're running. Like, <laughs> not really. Well, That'd be the dumbest thing he could do personally, but yeah, <laughs> run for off. I mean, he's got a great I, life now. Why? Why complicate things? <laughs> he's also but, got a great approval rating. He might be the he might be the last person on earth who's essentially uncancelable, where everybody feels like they love the Rock, everybody feels like they identify with the Rock. Why open it up to the political world, which is so divisive? Exactly. Everybody loves the Rock. Really, I don't. I've never met you like the Rock, whether you're a wrestling fan, not a wrestling fan. Whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, people love the Rock because nobody actually knows what party line he's on. Nobody knows what he would do about the invasion of Ukraine. No, like that's the beauty part of it is is you don't know. You can just in your mind figure, oh, this guy's the greatest. He must side with me and whatever your personal views are, and that's a great situation to be in. Don't muddy that water and actually have to declare something on a political stage. Um, but I think also the Rock series. I think they, you know, they might you might look at it as. There's only so much time with Roman Reigns. Now, Roman, Roman's going to be, I think, 37 next month. Rock's going to be 50 next month. Uh, you know, the, the greatest-looking 50-year-old ever. But, uh, but, you know, Roman, they have this beautiful streak with him. I mean, what's The Rock going to say? Oh, I can't do L.A. Mm, let's try for 2024. I mean, you know, like, how long do you how long do you keep Roman at that point where it's the biggest money match it could be against The Rock? So, yeah. Well, if, uh, if Roman and Rock can be withheld, for another year. Uh, there are three big stadium shows <clears throat> in a row. Money in the Bank at the start of July, SummerSlam at the end of July, and then this uh, heading over to UK and to Wales that they're going to be doing um, in early September. So three big stadium shows. So certainly you're going to need Roman Reigns for some big opponents there. And maybe one of the opponents coming sooner uh, than The Rock will be is the returning, or now the now returned, Cody Rhodes to the WWE world. And uh, Roman Reigns gave some you know fuel to this Rumor, he did a dark match this past week on Monday. Alfred, after Raw went off the air, it was him and the Usos uh, in a dark match. And there was a point where <laughs> a fan signed that just said Cody Rhodes. Reigns made a point to grab this sign. And not just in passing. It wasn't just Alfred. You just happened to be, you know, had your phone filming and caught this. Roman is up on the steps outside of the ring, ripping this sign to shreds for the entire arena to see. There's no accidents in pro wrestling. Nope. 
Yeah, and if you saw this sign, like maybe it was a legitimate fan sign, but this looked like it came straight out of the WWE street team, and they said, okay, Joe, you got on the section over there on the corner, there's going to be a guy with the Cody Rhodes sign. This seemed very produced, and I'm all for it, and I like that they did it in a dark match to where it can get legitimate internet buzz, even if it is a produced type thing. And uh, yeah, this is exactly the story they should be telling long term. Cody is maybe the hottest wrestler in wrestling right now. I mean, that reaction he got this past Monday was ridiculous. And uh, hopefully they maintain this momentum headed to where I think he should be Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. But if they do it sooner, that'd be great. But I do like the story of Cody Rhodes going on a steady chase to chase Roman Reigns. Hey, uh, Square Circle Carry, come here. We got a sign we need you to hold up if you could just uh, play along there, pal. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. But uh yeah, yeah, I mean you're right. I mean Cody, obviously we won't I know I know some people are like, Oh, it's an AEW podcast, we won't, you know, veer into the Cody book and we did some of that Monday, but um certainly uh rumors are buzzing and uh, rightfully so. All right, let's jump over to AEW Dynamite. Just a reminder, of course, if you have your super chat, uh go ahead and uh drop that dollar, drop that coin for Raj. We will uh definitely make sure it gets here on the show and we'll work it in our conversation. Uh, and answer it or whatever the case may be. Uh, we have been making it so we kind of work Super Chats in timely. So if you're asking about uh, CM Punk, well, we'll talk about it here shortly as we start off with CM Punk. If you're talking about MJF, we'll get to that later when it's MJF time. Let's start with CM Punk as we are live in New Orleans. This crowd, red, hot, hotter than the hottest gumbo, Alfred. And uh, New Orleans, I, I noted here, well, Excalibur noted on commentary, and then I added something to it on Twitter. He noted how this crowd, just clamoring to have AEW Dynamite. This is one of the cities that uh, uh, suffered through the pandemic. I'm not getting a Dynamite as planned, so it had to be rescheduled, and here we are. And then I also notice as CM Punk comes out, crowd is just red hot to see him, and I'm thinking, well, this is a New Orleans crowd. This is the crowd that would have saw him at WrestleMania 30, but he, of course, you know, packed up and went home, left WWE two months prior to that on that road to Mania, uh, and then left the business, obviously, for the last, what, seven years. So <clears throat> this is a crowd who, you know, the, the, the has not seen him in a very long time, and, and and for some of them might have, you know, felt like he slipped right out of their fingers as he, of course, just had that very crazy walkout. So this crowd just felt like already just brought the energy up for this dynamite for how hot they were just on his entrance alone. Absolutely. This crowd was at a 10 to start the show, and they stayed there and maybe even got hotter as the show went on. I thought this was the best crowd I've seen all year, and it was just clearly a market that is underserved in terms of AEW coming there, and they really received them with open arms. Indeed. So we get Punk out there, fifteen and one record. He's up against Penta Oscuro. Uh, again, great entrance for Penta. Um, you know, again, this had a big, big fight feel. First time I'd ever seen these two fight. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, probably the first time mm -hmm. they ever had met. Uh, good match. Uh, the notable point here is that it looks like they're going to try to do some kind of a springboard or hurricane run or something. Both men are at the top rope, and it looks like it was a botch. It, it definitely did not go as it traditionally would would have looked, and. Uh, Punk then appeared to have injured his knee. Now, I don't know how for watching it, what was your impression? And now we are, what, uh, two hours removed from it. Uh, did you think that it was a legit botch and maybe a, a, a scare? Or was this just a very clever part of let's just get some, let, let, let's find a way to have Penta work this leg? No, I think it was a legit botch because at first, yes, I did think that 
maybe they were doing this thing where CM Punk was working his leg. And that's credit to CM Punk and the announce team for being pros about that situation and talking about how it was his knee that was bothering him. So maybe it was something that they did on purpose, which we've seen this with Pac. We've seen this with uh, Brian Pillman. They do do spots like this. But the reason I do think that this was legit was because later on in the match, a few moments later, CM Punk jumped, did a perfect springboard clothesline, and there was no him doing it on one leg. There was no him selling the knee. And I just think that... Had that been the story that CM Punk did that on purpose, I don't think he would have done that springboard, jumping off the rope with both of his legs if this was part of the match. Yeah, I, I do think it was an organic, natural just slip-up that happened. Uh, I do think there might have been a quick scare. Uh, it certainly seemed like the referee was trying to. And, and mind you, folks, Penta doesn't really speak much English. That, that, that's a shoot. So um, I don't know if referee Bryce Remsder, Remsburg does. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm sure I, I was trying to watch there what the communication signals were of, like, Hey, we're, we're, we're still, we're not back on yet. Let's just, just so, but I, I think any which way it was, it was well done. The fact they were able to continue. And then at that point, if you're punk, you know, hobble around a little bit on it, get some sympathy for it. people don't know now uh, what's real, what's not. So o- overall, very entertaining match. Uh, Penta did have some life here though. He did actually, he got caught in the Anaconda vice by punk. He did reach the ropes. He later would then block and counter the GTS, but that would not be enough as punk would eventually hit the gts on him for the win so uh number four versus number five they made a big deal about this being uh you know significant for the implications of 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 the power rankings and uh, whoever wins this will be watching closely to rampage to the world title match between page and cole uh so punk wins it no surprise uh i gotta think maybe we even see an appearance this friday from him just watching from afar Sure. Yeah, he might be either next or, yeah, I could see them watching from the backstage or something like that, but they're definitely putting Punk on track to win that title. Yeah, uh, well, he's definitely on track for the challenge of it, and then, yeah, I mean, I think him winning, it's, it's one, again, one of those things, one of those triggers you got to pull while you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how everything plays out again. Rampage for your AEW fans. If you did not hear it for 50 times tonight, Rampage has a special start time this Friday, 7 o'clock. Uh, and again, I dare you, Tony Khan, make the title change happen on Rampage. Put your money where your Friday night mouth is. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm here for it, man. <clears throat> I'm here for it as well. All right, uh, we see the Jericho Appreciation Society. They show up uh, on the airstrip after flying private because that's what sports entertainers do. We only see three of them get out of the out of the out of the jet uh, as it looks like uh, Angelo and Matt are on the other side of the plane. They got uh, hit and run by Kingston and crew <laughs> in a car. Uh, their, their thumbs were damaged. Their shoes were stolen. Uh, chaos has happened in the New Orleans private airstrip. Um, I don't know. Kind of fun, goofy. I love this. This is a very <laughs> realistic beatdown. This is right up Eddie Kingston's alley to steal the shoes. I'm just disappointed they didn't end up on a telephone pole. I thought that's where they were going with this. Right. But the fact that they took his shoes, I thought was so great. I do have to. I have to do have to give you a, a weird nitpick though, as I'm watching this, and I know like Jericho and Hager and Garcia, they're not small men, but they're getting off. Look like they're getting out of a clown plane like the way they stepped out of it i was like there's no and i was like how, how did they, they didn't fit in that thing what is that that's not the actual they didn't fly in that jet it, 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 it seriously hager all six five of them it looked like it looked like he was coming out of a clown car i love that hager didn't have a shirt on either so like he just traveled with no shirt on in a plane right <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> well and like those three get off did the other did the other two get off first before the camera started rolling and they got the hit and run like how, like that that was a little weird too again I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm overthinking what's supposed to just be a goofy setup for the match later but well I did are- too I'll give you another nitpick that uh, Angela Parker had his shoes off for a good hour and then when he showed up to the building the, during the match his feet were perfectly clean if this guy's walking around barefoot for an hour outside and in the building they should be filthy little things details little things little things. 
<clears throat> so we're going to get a grudge match between these guys uh, here shortly. Uh, we do get a tag team title match, uh, AEW tag titles, Red Dragon, uh, O'Reilly and Fish up against Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, obviously, a lot going on, a lot of dynamics at play in the tag division, Alfred, um, that, we've, that we've been talking about as the week's going on. Maybe it's one of the most interesting things, honestly, going on uh, company-wide. Jungle Boy, ultimately, he is going to get the pin and the win on Bobby Fish. After the match, we are going to see Red Dragon. Uh, they're going to try to attack a little bit, and then as they're going up the ramp, we get a stare down with FTR. So, again, stare down with FTR. Of course, the Young Bucks are out there. Hardy's not on tonight's show, but a factor in this tag division. So uh, it continues to heat up here, uh, but reaction to the match and outcome with uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus retaining. Very surprised they did retain. I was thinking that Red Dragon was going to win this match, and I was surprised at how decisive it was that uh, Jurassic Express won. I thought it was a pretty good match. I just think Luchasaurus continues to shine, and AEW really needs to take a long look at him. I think he he's one of those guys who maybe needs a good dance partner in order to have a good match, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I think he could do a lot of things that a lot of big men can't do. Uh, we did see a giant later on tonight who is not the same mold of as Luchasaurus, uh, which tells you how unique a Luchasaurus is. But I did like this match all around. I thought they worked well together. Just very surprised at the finish. And I don't think they made the right call. I've wondered that too about Luchasaurus. Like I, I've wondered, he, he is unique. I mean, I, I can never remember uh, a gimmick quite like his. And again, as a big man, he does, you know, the Lucha moves. Uh, and I, and I, I go, I've gone back and forth of like, if he breaks away, what is he? We've never heard him talk. It's not really part of his deal. <clears throat> so, I mean, does he, can he check the box of talking into an, into an arena? I don't know. Uh, he's certainly unique looking. He he looks larger than life. He looks something different. Uh, but does doing all those moves like does it has he already overexposed himself? Like I always I keep wavering. Like what's the you know, what is the future for Luchasaurus? You know how you know Marco Stunk's not Stunt's not there anymore. Now it's just Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Like once they inevitably drop the tag titles, you know then what? Because I I do think they would have to split. But Jungle Boy, he's got babyface just written all over him forever. Yeah, and you know the machines behind him too with the pillars thing and whatnot. And I think they're going to be supporting him, but I really don't think they should be Marty Janettiing Luchasaurus. I think they have something, and the people are behind him. And I, I think I think maybe even uh, you know maybe maybe it's even a thing of like maybe the the Luchasaurus gimmick runs its course or at least needs an evolution. <clears throat> yeah, get it, dinosaur evolution. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here are we. Well, you're the Very real nice. comedian. You're the real comedian. Make it, I, I'll, I'll start opening for you. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe there's like an evolution of like, cause like the guy behind the mask, he's like wildly intelligent from what I understand. He's like well-educated. So maybe like he, maybe they spin something in that. Like he's the smartest dinosaur. He's the most evolved dinosaur. I don't know, but he, but he's, he's really smart. I know that. So I don't know if, if there is a talking factor, maybe it's, here's the dinosaur that can use. Uh, insane scrabble words definitely and th this crowd would in this audience the aew fan base would be on board with something like that you know how they were all the way in on uh, orange cassidy and his gimmick with the kicks and stuff like that that smartest dinosaur thing would definitely play with the crowd like this and the guy behind luchasaurus name is austin i'm a huge big brother super fan he was featured on big brother and boy does he have charisma he definitely has pro wrestler charisma and he's capable of, of talking i do think all right, well, you don't want to be looking like a dinosaur. You want to be an evolved species. So being an evolved, evolved man, being an evolved manscape, fellas, uh, you know, it's spring cleaning time. Carpets need cleaning, drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders and below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. Use the code WINC. 20 and you will save 20% off on your order and you'll get free shipping. 
Uh, we talked about it before. Alfred and I are two of the four million men. Uh, Raj, Jack Farmer, everybody here in the wrestling inc. Uh, you know, I, I think you know Issa's probably telling her man gets the manscapes. Everybody oh, yeah. in the wrestling inc. podcast world, we're all on board one way or the other with Manscaped. And Manscaped has a full package you need for the spring cleaning this year. Of course, that performance package 4.0, the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. And then you can start off that spring cleaning using the Manscaped 4.0 trimmer, precise shaves on the hedges. It's waterproof. It's got the great LED light, so it's great for the shower. And then you can do the cleaning of the holes with the smelling like spring air with the weed whacker, nose and ear, nose and ear hair trimmer. Nobody wants any of that nonsense going on. Not attractive. Uh, so you got that going on. Plus all the stuff from the above the waist that we were pumping and telling you all about around Valentine's Day and into March, where you got the crop preserver, uh, you got the wonderful razor for your face. Because, fellas, if you're using a lawnmower 4.0 in your balls, it don't go up here. You're doing it all wrong. So you have the plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. I mean, look, it's all a meticulous game. You know, if you're Alfred, you got the power ranking of the five strong floral shirts. You got the waiting room. And then you're and then you're man and then you're man groomed, uh, you know, to the T. Uh, whatever your whatever your deal is, whatever your gimmick is, Manscaped can fit in to that gimmick. It can fit in to your match routine. Work it in as one of your high spots. Uh, Alfred, I know you've been getting the uh, new products as I as have I, and I, I I haven't haven't been disappointed yet. Absolutely, and it's summertime. I'm gonna be shirtless a lot of places. I'm going to Coachella in a couple of weeks. Oh I'm boy, be nice and groomed for uh, Manscaped. And a shout out to NYC Demon Diva in the chat. Who uh, I know you have plenty of Manscaped for the men in your life, Isa. And no shame in anybody's game. We love Manscaped all around the Wrestling Inc. family. And uh, you know they're gonna be best friends with me this summer. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> She's there. All right, again, uh, go to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com if you're uh, not looking at the screen right now. Manscaped.com, put in the code W-I-N-C-20, and you will uh, save 20% plus get that free shipping. Uh, So, again, big thanks to Manscaped, as always, as they've been uh, riding with us for a very long time uh, on this podcast. We appreciate it very much. (laughs) (laughs) Men, man, whatever you're doing, we're not not telling your secrets. I, I don't think she's debating the gender. I think she's debating that we use the plural men. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It can okay. be plural, It can be single. It can be, <laughs> it, could be, it could be your family. You know, there's plenty of men of all different derelictions that could be in your life. <laughs> the only dude in my life is a dog, and he's green. <laughs> Shout out to Roman. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. <laughs> Back to the program. Uh, we see a little backstage. Uh, jaw jacking between Jamie Hader and Tony Storm. Of course, these ladies are going to have a match uh, here soon uh, in the uh, ongoing uh, Owen Hart tournament. So a little bit there to get yourself excited for. <clears throat> All right, MJF. This one's this one's a big one for the night. MJF up against Captain Sean Dean, who Sean Dean has just got the number on MJF and uh, Sean Spears as of late. MJF comes down to the ring, and he fakes an issue getting his jacket open. All this just for simple heat to sneak attack captain sean dean <clears throat> so mjf does that um not much going on here it's, it's pretty quick until all of a sudden we see the security backstage laid out one of them shirtless uh that's that's key point to, to keep in mind here for a minute uh so we know wardlow is uh, is causing terror somewhere with security meanwhile mjf continuing to do what he's got to do to uh, sean dean uh mjf outside of the barricade posing and taunting until all of a sudden a security guard is standing right behind him removes his mask to be revealed as 
Wardlow. And uh, MJF moves quite fast. Wardlow chases him down, chasing him down until just a barrage of security coming out. Wardlow just taking out all. I mean, he takes out 15, 20 security guards before they finally dogpile on him. Uh, but ultimately, MJF gets counted out. He tries to offer the ref. He tries to triple the ref's pay, not to count the 10. <clears throat> Remsburg doesn't need the money. They count the 10. So Sean Dean gets another victory over MJF. Uh, and then we see Wardlow get shuffled to the back. He continues to plow out security grabs a camera and says, I will not stop until I get my hands on you, MJF. You will release me from the contract. Uh, we're going to learn more about the contract here in a second, but reaction to another MJF segment uh, trying to elude the man with war in his name. Absolutely love this. More old school type heat for MJF with the, the jacket thing. I watch a lot of uh, world-class championship wrestling, and I saw, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Jimmy Valiant, but I did see somebody do this in like an old school type uh, wrestling setting. And so I'm sure MGF, who's a student of the game, loves that old school heel type stuff, studied that. Um, so I did like this. And I, I liked everything about this. I even like the story they're telling with Sean Dean, where he's quietly been undefeated against the pinnacle. So we need a match between MJF and Sean Dean, but like an actual full-blown match where people would fall for the near fall. Because if that's a story they're telling that Sean Dean, even though it is on technicalities, keeps beating the pinnacle, people will believe that, hey, maybe he rolls up MJF and actually does win. And I'd be here for it if he did. But... The match like that against Sean Dean would have heat at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I, I think it's this is fun. Uh, Sean Dean, uh, for those who don't know, you know, in addition to being obviously a wrestler, he works uh, in the office of the AEW. He, he helps coordinate, um, you know, he helps coordinate with, I think, extras they use, helps coordinate and, and is involved in their community outreach and when they're hitting, hitting the streets um, in the different towns. So, you know, kind of a guy that's, you know, f- much more than just these quick matches that we're seeing. So I, I, I don't know, it just feels good to see him, you know, this this is a good utilization of, smaller bit players um i like this and, and yeah it's very old school you know uh the mjf jacket thing yeah that, that's an old school thing it, it's 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 a you said student of the game and it is and for <clears throat> fans who often hear that get thrown around oh what's a student of the game really mean well besides just studying in the obvious context the brilliant thing about being a student of the game if you're a guy like mjf is that if you watch things that are old enough if you watch things that aren't you know that are old enough whether it's th- 25 30 35 years a lot of that stuff just isn't done anymore. So if you can find little things that you can apply to your character, it looks brand new, especially to an audience like an AEW audience. So uh, this is a great little uh, little touch there. And <clears throat> Warlow MJF, the money's there. Uh, we then see uh, MJF later backstage. He brings in Smart Mark, and uh, the contract basically says that he can book Wardlow whenever he wants. So in order to slaughter the greedy pig that is Wardlow, he needs a butcher. Enter butcher. Not who I thought he would pick. Not at all. This isn't the first time that they built something up, and then when the payoff came, you're just like, wait, what? Uh, because Butcher hasn't been on TV, and if you're talking about Wardlow, who's been built up like a monster, they've done a great job, even in the past couple of weeks, having him just run through security. So you would think he'd get somebody threatening, and I'm not saying Butcher isn't threatening. It's just he's not somebody who's been really pushed as all that big of a threat. Like, this would have been a spot where maybe Miro could have come back or something like that, although I wouldn't want them to just feed him the Wardlow. But you were thinking, based on the way MJF built this up, it was going to be somebody who fans maybe were seeing in the past month or so. Yeah, I agree. This, you know, from a physical standpoint, side by side, good threat. Butcher's a big guy comparable to Wardlow. But you're right. All the things you just said, I, I that was all that was going through my head. And it's a stretch because it's so far ago. But, you know, technically – MJF was, I believe, the bankroller who brought Butcher and Blade into AW in the first place. So, I mean, if they really wanted to stretch on that, I, I guess you could go back to that a couple years ago. But, yeah, th- this kind of a surprising pick of, like, you got this guy who's ready to kill you 
And you're going to pick a guy who I can't remember the last time won a singles match. Um, exactly. So in the AEW universe, this was not much of a threat. No, but it uh, gets Wardlow in the ring as they're in Pittsburgh here next week. So uh, all to be interesting uh, to see the first time we have Wardlow now in a match, in a sanctioned match, <coughs> knowing MJF is in the in the building. Uh, what's going to happen there? Get a uh, very creepy, very well done Malachi Black promo. I, I love Malachi Black. I love this whole vibe. I, I'm into the magic. I'm into the the, the the smoke and mirrors. It just feels like it's been falling off. I have. I, when was the last time we saw him on Dynamite? Yeah, they, I think they definitely dropped the ball, not only with Malachi Black, but this stable. I think this should be a stable to help propel him to the main event. I, I thought that when he had that feud with Cody, I thought they should have just run with him. And whatever plans they had, this should have been a guy kind of challenging at the top of AEW. He brings something very special. And um, I do think that they've very much cooled him off. I jumped in on the promo about probably just – I know I jumped in probably at least 15 seconds in. He was directing it towards Pac. Is that, is that who he's still directing his – I think so, yeah. Anger to? Okay. That's what I got. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where we're going with that. Um, all right. We get uh, we get our six-man tag match. Dana Garcia, Jake Hager, and Chris Jericho up against Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, this is just kind of an all-out uh, brawl and fight at one point. Um, you know, we do see the other two guys – uh, Angelo and uh, Matt <clears throat> from the Jericho Appreciation Society. At the end of the day, though, uh, he's going to use that bat. Floyd hit Kingston over the bat, uh, over the back, and Dana Garcia is going to get the pinfall victory. And then it's just more five on three. Really, kind of again hammer home the narrative here: five on three, five on three. The Kingston and uh, Santana Ortiz they need two more if they're going to stand a chance to take down the Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't know who those two would be though. Me neither. I'm very interesting. Um, it might, maybe it's Penta and Ray Phoenix if Ray Phoenix is ready to come back because they do have that tie. But it'll be very interesting to see who he chooses. Yeah, but I mean that's I mean that they keep going back to this of the of, of the numbers game, and I, I just I'm like I can't. I was doing the same thing. I'm like, well, you know, who's two guys that, um, you know, like FTR is kind of turning babyface, but that kind of it doesn't feel like that's their fight. Right? You know, it feels like they're they got, they got bigger things to do on their own. So, you know, I don't pull them in there. And then I'm just trying to think of, like, <clears throat> a tag team or two guys that would have a have a, have a grudge with, with Jericho, and I just can't figure out uh, what it's going to be. So, uh, fun – I mean, fun match, fun story, but – And people have been saying Hernandez and Homicide in terms of LAX and that reunion would be pretty interesting. But is Homicide back with ROH and sign? I'm not sure about that. And Because if he is, it would be obviously very easy to pull that trigger if him and Hernandez were, were there, but I don't think they are. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good actually. Yeah, that's a good question. Somebody in the chat actually knows the answer to that for sure. Um, but yeah, you're right. Homicide and Hernandez is the yeah even in the chat right now. Uh, um, yeah, people have been throwing that up. But yeah, I'm not sure what the status is. But I mean, I guess that would probably be even so. Uh, didn't uh, Jericho even dropped? Didn't didn't he even say to them at one point when the breakup was happening, like uh, to Santana and Ortiz, that I just got I got the like I got the weak links of LAX, or I, I should have yeah. called it. You know, they made some reference. So he did say that, yeah. So we'll see what's going on there. Uh, Wayne says they left Impact. Uh, yeah, Edwards saying Hernandez is a free agent. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Thank you, guys. Hojo to go. Blinsky homicide of the champ in NWA. All right. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's going to be. But that that seems like that's what they're hammering home here. Five one three. Got to got to bring a few more guys to even this up. All right. We mentioned Alex Marvez with MJF backstage. Uh, so that had smart marketing. And then the next segment we get, uh, ne- next match we get is Marina Shafir up against Sky Blue. Smart Marcus, three segments in a row. He gets that one <laughs> with the contract. He's backstage and standing with Jade, who's he's taking notes as Jade is checking her Instagram or whatever. 
And then he's going to be in the next segment, which we'll get to. Yeah. So That's why he's smart, Mark. He knows how to get himself over, brother. He found he found a way to get himself in. Uh, this is Marina Shafir uh, just dominating Sky Blue. Of course, the reminding you that Shafir and Jade have a match coming soon. I don't think they've yet said the date of when it's going to be. It's not. Yeah, I actually thought it was tonight. Maybe I just missed something. But yeah, I, I kind of did, too. I, last week, I, th- I thought we talked about it. I thought it was tonight as well. So, mm-hmm. And they might have said it was last week. They might or they might have said last week that it's tonight, and they might have just changed their mind, and they're hoping that we forget. Yeah. Uh, Shafir versus Sky Blue here. Um, uh, I mean, Shafir looks dominant, but I, I, I don't know. She looks dominant. She had her staring down the baddies that are, that are there in the crowd that are part of you know, the, the, the entourage of Jade. This didn't though move. This didn't get me amped up for the matches I hoped it would though. No, it didn't. This was a baddie section segment featuring Marina Shafir and Sky Blue. This was eighty yeah. percent baddies, and then baddies, and then Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling backstage. They focused on just about everything except this match. They showed a couple of moves that she did, but then went back to the baddies with Kira Hogan and Red Velvet, who I hope they're more than just stand-ins for. Jade. I hope they actually join her as part of a stable because I think that would be pretty fire. But this was very much about Jade, and this told me as good of a job as they did do building up Marina Shafir in those vignettes, I'm watching this match like, man, there's no way she's beating Jade because they're just making this all about her when Marina Shafir is the one who needs to get over for this match. Yeah, um, completely agree. She's not she's not going to beat Jade. <clears throat> so, you know, I don't know how much, you know, I guess it's all going to be a matter of how they do it, how, how the match goes, how she loses to Jade, but... Uh, unfortunately we're back to some questionable things in the women's division, which we'll get to some more again here in a minute, but um, yeah. So, I mean, so we don't know when, but Shafir gets the win over sky blue, you know, I mean, she looks menacing, has menacing kind of music and uh, you know, did not seem intimidated at all, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see, see how this all shakes out. Uh, we also get a backstage again. This is the third segment row of smart Mark as uh, they had their female reporter trying to get a word with hook uh, hook just doesn't speak. And then, they're interrupted by Tony Nice and Smart Mark, uh, of course, uh, just kind of playing down. Now, Hook just had things handed to him because of who his dad is, and Tony Nice has had to work for where he is. They, of course, get out of the out of Dodge real quick, uh, and then uh, Hook uh, tries or Danhausen tries to curse Hook once again, and Hook throws a medicine ball on Danhausen, uh, which medicine ball is uh, or Danhausen's no match for the medicine ball. Uh, Hook's gonna make his dynamite debut next Wednesday here in Pittsburgh, Alfred. Uh, I think this, you know, obviously next week in Pittsburgh is going to be, you know, it's going to be Dr. Britt Baker. It's going to be Wardlow. It's going to be the, the guys and girls who have, uh, who they built the Pittsburgh show around last time. I think Hook might slide in there at the top three for maybe the next biggest pop because, man, his music, I, you know, I catch him when he's on Rampage. His music hits and the, this place, these arenas explode for the, uh, for the handsome devil that is Hook. 100%. And I never really thought about that, that he has never met, wrestled a match on uh, Dynamite. He has been Mr. Friday Night. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, because, yes, this place is going to explode for him. And it's so cool because, like, I mean, you know, obviously he looks, you know, the dude looks like a million bucks. <clears throat> you know, still, it, it, so far they've made him look like a badass on on Rampage. He's got good music. Uh, it's another one of these cases of, of Tony Khan, you know, shout out the bucks to pay, for, uh, shout out the dollars to pay for, you know, uh, a current artist's uh, uh, music. And, and, right. And, 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 but yet Hook does not speak. <laughs> like, that's that's been pretty neat, but he doesn't have a manager or anybody. He's, his dad's not out there with him. He doesn't speak, but yet he has he's gets he's got such charisma and just simple phrases like send hook has just gotten over. Um I don't know. He he's kind of I'm kind of intrigued by hook. I, I gotta be very honest. 
Very Goldberg-esque because if you remember Goldberg's first, I want to say like 50 to 75 wins, I don't think he said a word until he won the United States Championship because his thing was that he never said anything. Uh, Mean Gene would try to get a word with this man and then he would just walk off. So I love them using the Goldberg template not only to get hook over, but also Jade Cargill. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, we've talked about before, RJ City has his uh, Hey EW series. Hook was was one of his latest guests. Watch it. It's RJ trying to talk to Hook. Trying to interview Hook, uh, and Hook is more interested in the bag of chips that he's, he's I have eating. Got to see this. This sounds amazing. Very fun. Very fun. All right. So Hook next week. Check that out. All right. Big tag team match here. Little hometown flavor of uh, Ricky Starks, New Orleans boy, and Powerhouse Hobbs up against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. This one's one to go out of your way to check it out and see. Uh, four guys who all have stock you want to buy into here. Uh, pretty cool spot. Swerve. Launches himself off of his partner Keith Lee's chest to do a moonsault. Very fun stuff. Taz makes an appearance at one point, grabs Keith Lee's boot. That's just enough to uh, to have Lee misstep so Hobbs can hit the spine buster. And Hobbs gets the pin on Keith Lee. Thoughts? Like it? No? Huh? I okay. I love this match. This match was my favorite thing on the entire show. This crowd just went crazy for Ricky Starks. All four of these guys, to your point, are very talented, and I think they're above having these just repetitive tag team matches with each other. And I think that showed once again tonight. I was very surprised that Will Hobbs was the one who got the pinfall because it was Ricky Starks' night. This is his fan. He should have gotten the pin. I I don't know if they had reservations of him pinning Keith Lee or whatnot, but I think he should have gotten this pinfall because then they went to Ricky Starks' music after briefly playing Will Hobbs's. You know, so it's like, okay, then why not just have the guy get the pin? I love to see Ricky Starks. He's on the ropes, and he's supposed to be this heel, but they're just showering with cheers, just doing everything he can not to cry. And that was very cool to watch where he's just kind of, you know, like trying to fight back tears. But, no, I thought this was fantastic. I'm glad you mentioned the music thing, because that, that too. You know, when I saw Hobbs get the pin, I'm like, all right, well, that's surprising. Again, for the way you said, it's it's Starks in his hometown. And then, yeah, they play Hobbs' music for like a minute, and then they're like, they switch to get the Starks pop again. They went to his music. I was like, why not just have Hobbs hit the spine buster and then tag Starks in and Starks hits something yeah. and one, two, three. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they felt that that would have been too much. That would have, you know, they wanted the point to be Keith Lee only lost because of Taz interference. But uh, yeah, that, 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 that distracted me from what should otherwise have been a very good, what, what otherwise was a very good tag match. And good to see all four of these guys uh, getting the time that they did on Dynamite. Uh, yeah, they made it sound like, again, Hobbs and Starks, they embraced. And Taz in the ring celebrating with them. One of the commentators even said, like, maybe this was like a uh, getting Team Taz back on track. I'm sorry. I still don't feel it, though. I still feel like these two guys were big enough by themselves, Hobbs and Starks, without Taz walking out with them. For a moment, I almost forgot that they were even Team Taz. I, I, I just... I don't know. I, I just I, I kind of want to just cut my team t- Taz losses here. Yeah. When I saw Taz walk out like in the middle of this match, my first thought was that, OK, he's going to probably turn on these guys like me, too. Yeah. It was very innocuous how it's like if Taz is going to be on their side, why didn't he just walk out with them at first? So I thought he was just going to blow it up and I would have been fine with this. If Taz breaks up with them and then is a commentator, which I think he's very talented at. That's <laughs> fine with me. But, yeah, I do think that they need to get out of this FTW team Taz mold and break out into other things. Well, and especially when as we just talked about it, uh, the 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 guy that Taz has the most organic connection to is his actual son, yeah. who, uh, without saying a word, is is quickly, you know, maybe even you know, I mean, again, Starks was huge tonight because New Orleans, but you can argue Hook's getting a bigger reaction week to week 
on Rampage than what Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs is getting. So just have Taz go be the fatherly figure, you know, the father and corner man to hook. Why? Why? I just Hobbs and Starks will be on their own. They don't. They don't need this team. They don't need this FTW title, which I'm sorry has just, you know. Yeah, and, and Hook doesn't talk. Taz talks just as good as about anybody. So that's an organic pairing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, like you said, when, when he came out, I thought, oh, for sure, he's he's turning. Who, who, who you know, who's he going to? Uh, so this would have been the chance to do it, but they didn't. So we'll see where this goes here. But, again, if you didn't see the match, check this out. Very fun to watch uh, between these four dynamic uh, athletes. All different builds and sizes, which is fun, too. Um, and, but they all they all kept it <clears throat> kept it going. All right, we get Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa backstage. Cake and violence, Alfred. Cake and violence. <laughs> I thought this was very funny because that's where she goes, I love cake and violence. <laughs> Nyla Rose is one of the best Twitter accounts in all of wrestling. She's very funny on Twitter. And I thought it's slowly starting to creep into her character now. And I don't think she should be like a clown because she's a good giant monster. But as funny as she is, she should incorporate that into her character. I agree. <laughs> I audibly laughed out loud as she's screaming, I like cake and violence. Um, <laughs> So they're gonna uh, these two ladies are gonna fight. Uh, I believe it's the Battle of the Belts two Saturday. Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, yeah, again, I mean this Thunder Rosa. I mean she just she dethroned Doctor Britt Baker, and I mean I assume she's gonna beat Nyla. She's gonna retain her title, which she should, I think, right? Uh, but I don't know. Again, they just own Dynamite, doing no favors for her. I just nothing, nothing about Thunder Rosa looks. She she does not look. Nothing. None of these segments make her look good. She looks bad in all of them. Especially if you saw the presentation of a Britt Baker, and I would put Thunder Rosa on that same level. Obviously, Britt Baker is their ace and their alpha, but they did a lot for Britt Baker in terms of her hometown, giving all these segments and just making her into a star. And you know they're capable of doing it with uh, Thunder Rosa, and I do feel like she's been put in the back burner ever since winning that title. Yeah, um, and I don't, and I don't know why. I don't know what. I don't know. Britt's been off TV. She's returning next week again in Pittsburgh. Uh, so I'll be very curious. I, you know, I expect her obviously to win. I'll be very curious what she says, if anything. Like, is she on the hunt to regain her women's title? Does she turn focus to Jade and the title she hasn't had and the TBS title? So really curious to see uh, where they go uh, with that. But, um, yeah, again, all the, all the female – I mean, the Tony Storm-Jamie Hayter interaction was fine, but uh, the other – women's segments i just i just walked away going ah, i don't know if it did the job that it was supposed to do yeah they're um, very much struggling with women that is kind of a growing subplot with aew right now you know you look at like a ruby soho who i thought was a very good acquisition and somebody who early on fans were with but she's now kind of fallen off and and they this show itself the only women's match we saw was this very short uh match between marina shafir and sky blue that wasn't particularly good and uh, so they do have some work to do with their women's division because they have a lot of talent now. And I do think they have talent on its way, too, but they're not really doing much with it. And that's the thing. When AEW launched, they had slim pickets in terms of what they in the wrestling world, because, I mean, so much of the female talent was hoarded at that point by WWE. Obviously, WWE has since released a ton of women and and, and, and then there's more that have just come up through the through the, the ranks of the independents and such. You know, early on, they relied on. Again, Slim Pickens, and you know they they used a lot of Japanese stars, which you know, like that or don't like that, it, I, a lot of it just didn't connect. I don't think with the audience uh, in America. Uh, now they have, yeah, now they have a great bit of depth to work with, and uh, it's just, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's, I don't know what's the holdup. I don't know where the disconnect is. Um, yeah. So, 
keep an eye on where the women's division is going. But like I said, I'm really curious to see what, what Britt's uh, intentions are after she returns to TV next week. All right. Real okay. quick, I'm sorry. I think this Owen Hart invitation is going to really help because I felt like when they have a reason to book these women like they did with the TBS tournament, we saw a lot of great women's matches, a lot of ring time for these women. And I think when they get this tournament going, we're going to see a lot more. Obviously, we have to yeah. see a lot more women involvement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, you know, there, there are several matches they've, they've announced for the women's. Um, you know, some of the opponents are lesser known women, w- w- women that I don't even know if are actually signed to AEW exclusive contracts or if they're just wrestling kind of like on handshake deals uh, just to get featured, uh, but can use it essentially as tryout matches. Uh, if, they, if they look good or if, they, if the audience grabs a connection to them, then, yeah, you can add them to the system. So, um, <clears throat> But I agree. Yeah, this, this tournament will definitely not hurt, uh, not hurt things for, for the women's division in AEW. All right, the main event of Dynamite tonight is the Ring of Honor Television Championship. 53-year-old Minoru Suzuki, who had just won it recently, um, wins his first title in America. You know, the crowd who knows him very much behind him as he's going up against the challenger in Samoa Joe. <clears throat> Alfred, it kind of feels like you know what the result of this should be, right? Uh, but you, you know, but uh, how do they get there? And this match, <laughs> for the first, and I'm not exaggerating, folks, if you didn't see it, for the first three or four minutes, neither man takes a single bump onto the mat. <laughs> they just smack the shit out of each other on their chest. It is pork chop city. Just smack, smack, <laughs> smack, smack, smack. I mean, beat red. I mean, they are just, I mean, they're, they're, there's no makeup here, no special effects. Just smacking each other in the chest. Uh, no Ric Flair woos. We're beyond that. This is just, you're not wooing because you're staying silent just so you can hear the, sm- the, the sound of flesh smacking each other. This was a, this was a unique approach. Yeah, this, this, put this match together. Hundred percent. This is exactly what I expected, though. This was pure testosterone and just chopping and violent. This is exactly how I expected this match to go. Um, but you know, they really went in on the chops uh, early on. Yeah, I mean, somebody somebody's got to do it by tomorrow on Twitter. Give us the total count of how many chops there was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is crazy. I, I want to see the chests too. Yeah, give us the day after pictures. Um, so chops are chops. Uh, you know, they do eventually get into <laughs> wrestling moves and, and get going. Uh, crowd's very much behind us as they were again the whole night. Very hot crowd. In the end, though, Samojo is going to hit that muscle buster. As JR said, that muscle buster took him to the pay window many a times. And Samojo gets the one, two, three. So Samojo is now your Ring of Honor TV champ. All is right in the Ring of Honor world, right? Uh, so he gets the win. Jay Lethal and Sonya Dutt, they were at ringside the whole time. They jumped the barricade. Now they're on the mic. They got a gift for Joe. Open up the box. They got a middle finger for him, and then lights go out. <clears throat> lights come back on, and there's seven foot three of a monster just attacking Samoa Joe. Sanam Singh, uh, as this commentary is trying to give you a quick uh, education on who he is, all seven foot three of him, uh, NBA player drafted to the Dallas Mavericks from Pujab India uh, has been uh, working out uh, under the, I believe, Sonia Dutt's training. He's, he's he got signed to AEW sometime last year, so he is just uh, just beating the hell out of Samoa Joe. And then, of course, Dutt and Lethal get in on it for the beatdown. These three men standing tall. Uh, this crowd very much uh, booing the, the the debut appearance here of of, of Sonam Singh. Uh, what yeah. did you make of this? As they should have been, because Jay Lethal and Sanjay are the heels. I will say this. This is a terrible way to roll out Sanam Singh. I think they did him no favors by turning those lights off. In this climate we're in, with free agents 
running amok in professional wrestling. These minds probably went, oh, my God, is this Bray Wyatt? Is this Bray <laughs> You know what I mean? And then for the lights to come back on, it was as this crowd is the hottest crowd they've had all year. But this was as quiet as you'll ever hear a crowd in terms of turning the lights on and it being him. And this is nothing against Sing. It's just the yeah. fact that they rolled him out like this was going to be a big deal. He could have just came out there out of nowhere, out of the crowd, beating these guys up. But they really didn't do a good rollout of Sing. I do like, however, that Jay Lethal's getting a heater and that they're building around Jay Lethal. I think this is good. I like where this is going. I love Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt together, uh, but I did not like this rollout at all. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And, and you can't have, and some of it's, you, some of it, it's like, all right, you know, it's not AEW's fault to an extent. Like, there's just, there's, you know, well, it isn't, it isn't. AEW has signed so many guys and girls. That it's like now you're keeping tally of the free agent list that's out there, the Bray Wyatt, the Cesaros. Like, you're like, all right, well, because of AEW's track record, you can't help but just assume in fantasy book that these top free agents are going to show up. So, yeah, lights go out, you know, for that five seconds or whatever it is, your fantasy bookings in warp speed, and then they come back <laughs> on, and well, who the hell is this guy? Um, as the crowd was booing, as this AEW passionate crowd's booing, I definitely had this feeling of like, oh, I can just hear that crowd leaving the arena tonight just bitching like that was some wwe book shit right there like that you know like because that was that was how wwe would i mean we're what we we're watching it in wwe with 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 similar people so um but i agree i mean i think it's cool that lethal's got a as you said it got a got a got a heavy there with him but um yeah i don't know i don't know if debuting this in the main event spot if that's the kind of starting point you want to give this uh this 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 young kid uh, at least in wrestling terms he's a young kid yeah and this was i mean it sucks that it appeared at the end because people to your point are going to walk away disappointed but they shouldn't be disappointed in the show if you saw the body of the show it was very good pay-per-view feel you know tony khan had said going in on busted open that there's not going to be a lot of promos it's going to mimic a pay-per-view and i feel like it did i feel like this delivered but then that last moment happened and it just left a bad taste in your mouth and that is not what you want for a wrestling show do you think, or am I stretching? It, again, this guy's been signed. This, this guy's saying has been signed with them, and he's been training. Uh, do you like if you're Tony Khan? Like, are you, are you watching WWE and going, okay? There's been the comical, like, drawn out debut of Veer, and I have my. And obviously, this guy sings legitimately way bigger than Veer physically. But like, all right, I have my guy, who's you know a guy from India who's been signed and like i mean do, are you watching that saying all right i can't like i gotta space the two things out like i don't want like does does, it, does that cross your mind or am i drawing am i drawing ridiculous comparisons because it's two guys looking dom dominant that both happen to be indian that's interesting i don't think it's a ridiculous comparison i do think there is some validity to because in wrestling from a producer standpoint in one company we've talked about this on the show before you want to kind of stagger out even when it comes to finishes or when it comes to certain moves that are being used you don't want them overexposed and i do think that happens wrestling wide i think wrestling there's so much crossover between wwe and aew fans that yes we're all very familiar with beer and right on cue, I'm seeing a lot of Veer comments in the chat. I saw a lot of Veer comments on Twitter where there is going to be that natural comparison. So maybe this is something they could have spaced out. But, I mean, you got a guy who's seven foot three, regardless of the ethnicity or how much he mimics something else they're doing in the other company. I think you should run with it. Um, just You just have to be careful with how you use it. And I do think that they're positioning him at least early on in the right place to just be a heater and not necessarily be a worker. Yeah, and you can look up Singh if you want. Again, his first name is spelled S-A-T. 
N A M, uh, last name saying S I N G H. You can't, like, he's got a whole Wikipedia page again. You know, a draft of the Mavericks 2015. Went to high school at IMG Academy. If you follow, oh, yeah. follow, I mean, IMG Academy is the creme de la creme of high school athletics. Um, they could they could beat some college programs uh in some sports um seven foot three uh i mean he's 20 what is he? he's 26 years old so i mean yeah you know obviously an athlete and you know seven foot three you can't that doesn't grow on a tree you can't you know yeah you it grows like a tree it doesn't grow on a tree exactly so uh yeah so we'll see um you know but very interesting choice by by tony khan and aw for them to uh in a way basically kind of even that you know you think you think that you could just end dynamite on Samoa Joe in the year 2022 is the ROH TV champ, uh, but they decided to, to 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 top it, to trump it, so to speak, <clears throat> and make this debut of Sanam Singh. Uh, Sheed Black, uh, Justin, is that alcohol in that cup? Got some yak in there, Justin? Maybe. You hold down on me? What's it, what's it to you, Sheed Black? <laughs> what's it to you? Got to keep, gotta, gotta keep, the, gotta keep the, the throat lubricated uh, for these for these podcasts. Um yeah, so interesting dynamite tonight. Again, different things to kind of take away from it. Uh, certainly not that was not the ending of a dynamite that I expected. So you know, if you if you like being swerved, bro, uh, that that was good for you. Um, they did that tonight. So that was dynamite. Uh, so again, dynamite tonight. A bit, you know, big rampage Friday. Obviously, then the battle of the belts uh, Saturday, and then uh, they really promoted a lot for uh, next Wednesday's dynamite, including Hook, including Wardlow versus Butcher, a coffin match with Darby and Andrade. So uh brits returning to tv having a match for the uh, you know so a lot going on in the aw world again as, as i note with alfred every single week you know they don't have a pay-per-view again until may double or nothing so as we watch to see mjf and wardlow wins the payoff cole versus page who wins the world title is punk the next challenger when is that ftr young bucks tag division is, is bonkers right now so we continue to watch a lot of things going on women's division alfred again as we talked about they, they really got to get that kind of going but to your point i think the tournament here should um uh, help manufacture relevance for some of these ladies so a lot going on yeah absolutely big weekend for aew in terms of some of these big shows are doing but also tough sledding because friday show which is going to be a big show going to be put in a different time slot i think a pretty mm-hmm. terrible time slot at four o'clock out here in the east and the west coast um and then saturday battle of the belts is going to be another big show it's going head to head with the nba playoffs which it might get mm-hmm. massacred so we might get this feels like a fast nationals weekend we might get a fast <laughs> nationals friday and saturday and sunday so uh, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows, man? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess four. Yeah, Friday. I guess it's going to be about four o'clock at your time, right? For Rampage. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I'm going to be still at work in the office at four, and but we'll see. Um, it's it's going to be a good show, and um, they should really promote it. But it's tough when you're moving time slots, and especially if you're moving it that early. That's going to be very tough. <clears throat> What's this too? Uh, and uh, we'll, we won't go into this a ton. Uh, is there gonna be a, is there a merger going on that I've missed that's getting ready to happen that I've seen people talk about there's a TV merger that might that might that people are speculating could this harm AEW is Turner merging with somebody? It's a discovery. We're in a merger in the di- okay. in discovery. And yes, this is something that is we're gonna keep an eye on for the next year. It's gonna be a huge story. And um because nobody knows anything yet. Nobody knows what executives are gonna come in and who's gonna get their heads rolled and what these new executives are going to think about wrestling. Wrestling is a very unique beast. And even though it does draw a lot of ratings, there are people in television who hate wrestling. They hate the idea of it. They don't care that it draws viewership. They don't want to be associated with it. And you never know if somebody like that could come into AEW. 
So it'll be very interesting. They're, they have Warner Media when AEW started. They had a lot of people in AEW's corner who not only loved wrestling, but wanted AEW to succeed and put them in positions to succeed. That's part of why Rampage or Dynamite moved to TBS, where they get this great lead-in with Big Bang Theory. But if somebody new comes in as part of this merger and they say, this freaking dumb wrestling thing, I don't want this on my TV, then I'm not saying they're going to ax AEW and AEW is going to die, but it could be very tough for them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, AOL time Warner merger. That's the story of essentially what killed WCW. So, um, yeah, it's a okay. Thank you. I, 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 I missed the, the meat of it, but I kept seeing something of a merger going on. I was like, all right, what am, what am I missing? But yeah, but everything you said, that's, you know, it's great if you have an executive that's in your corner. Um, and WB has been lucky. They've had that for many, many years in the, in the NBC world. But, um, yeah, I'll be interested to, to keep an eye on there with, with AW, as you said, uh, you know, at least a year out. But, uh, uh, one of those Dylan Matthews. Justin, I am counting the chops as we speak, <laughs> and I kid you not, I am two minutes in, and I am already at 50 chops. Yes! I love it, Dylan. Well, uh, <laughs> Dylan, keep on counting. Uh, if you get to your final count and you want to tweet at Justin LeVar, Nat, this is nasty, and we'll make sure that we uh, we promote what the final count is. We're looking at you. You're stat boy right now, Dylan. Give, yeah. give us a final stat. How many chops? We'll retweet you, Dylan. Send us, a chat, the, send us the stats, and then we'll uh, we'll retweet that absolutely and as always please tweet us always love how are you consuming this podcast are you where are you at wednesday night where in the world are you are you in the u.s east coast west coast are you over in the uk staying up late uh are you getting up early using us on the uh, morning commute are you in school yet work whatever it is please uh tweet at justin bar at this is nasty at wrestling inc love to hear we really appreciate all the support like comment share do all the great things alfred what's coming up on forbes well, uh, follow Forbes for content in terms of coverage of tonight's uh, Dynamite and uh, also this weekend in terms of the events that we got going on. And then uh, new pro wrestling bit is up right now uh, based on Tony Khan's bot comments, which I didn't think are kind of legitimate. It's just uh, he hasn't really endeared himself the way he's done it. Uh, but a lot of fun uh, going on in Alfred Khan. I, and I forgot to mention this. Yes, yes, next week in Dynamite in Pittsburgh, Tony Khan has another huge announcement. Woo! <laughs> and we'll close with Peter. He says, Tony Khan with another major announcement. Probably a group of bots will hijack the show <laughs> and stop them. There it is. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> there it is. I'm going to say the same thing I said on Monday when we talk about the story. Don't you have enough things to do to be worried about this? Exactly. <laughs> Come yeah. on. He really, he really shouldn't have been public about this. You know, if this is behind the scenes, that's one thing, but he really shouldn't have been public about this. Don't, 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 don't let the bots live in your head. Come on. Now. Yes. Yes. Come on now. All right. That's going to do it for Alfred. I'm Justin. Big thanks to all of you. Like I said, like, comment, share, subscribe. You'll never miss one of these podcasts. We'll talk to you next week post-Dynamite on Wednesday.